Welcome to another episode of the Comfort Monk Podcast. Today I got to chat with Andy Cortez, who is just a more or less guitar prodigy. Um, he's living in the UK, grew up around there, and uh, has played with numerous acts over the years, maybe most notably um, James Bay is how I was introduced to him, kind of a big pop act over there. Um, but yeah, he's a uh, so accomplished outside of that as well he grew up you know doing these blues jam gigs where he got like a really kind of a lot of notoriety over there in the uk doing that and uh cut his teeth doing that and has kind of always been you know a lover of the blues it seems like um but yeah he's played with buddy guy um you know he's just all over the place and he's working on his own music now um which i'm really really excited about um he's sent us a few tracks already and it's just really really great i think that there's a ton of potential for people to really latch on to it and i don't know i'm excited to see where he takes it because he's as far as his tone and his uh his just the finesse he can pull off as a guitarist he's he's really really impressive and you know dane and i went and saw him uh couple times and you know it was in the context of a james bay set and i was just kind of glued to him because his, his guitar playing was really exciting and it's just you know one of those things where when you're watching a band and you just notice that there's a player who stands out is particularly uh just particularly skilled and tasteful it was really exciting so i'm glad i've gotten to know him better it seemed like we had a nice rapport before and during the conversation and yeah, I'm looking forward to trying to collaborate with him a little bit more. He seems like a really, really great artist to have kind of uh, close by, you know. But yeah, I think you guys are going to dig it. This is our episode with Andy Cortez. Enjoy. I do. I'd sing behind closed doors, but 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 I, I used to sing quite a lot when I was younger. You know, I used to front up like a like a blues band and stuff. And you know, when I when when you saw me, it would have been in the in you know framed as a, as kind of James's guitarist and things. But you know, I used to sing quite a lot when I was younger, and and it's something that I like. I, I enjoy doing, but it's not the be all and end all. I, I sing when I feel like it. You know. I'm not always like, oh, I need to sing today. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Sometimes I like just playing licks on, on the guitar and and not really um, having to worry about that, you know? Uh, it's, but it's nice nice to do um, when, when, when writing songs and, you know, when you're in the mood and it's a nice thing to do, definitely. Yeah, so what, um, you know, what part of the UK did you grow up in? Were you a London kid? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll tell you a bit about myself. So I was I was born I was born in London, um, in West London, but then kind of spent a lot of my formative years in North London in an area called Holloway. I don't know if you've ever been to London. 
Unfortunately, I haven't, man. I'd love to once the dust settles on all this. Oh, well, when you, if you ever get the chance to come over, you know, we'll hang out, mate. I'll look after you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, so I was, I was raised in, in, in North London, which is kind of like, uh, uh, Holloway. And, um, it's kind of like a, 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 a city area of London, you know. Um, and my parents are Colombian. So they, my mum came over in the mid 80s to England and then met my dad, who's also Colombian in England, and they had me. But then I, I grew up with my mum basically there until I was about nine years old. And then my mum uh, married an English guy. Who uh, like who really like music, like blues music and you know all the bands and stuff uh, from England from his era, you know, and he loved guitar and he had like a couple of guitars and stuff and he kind of got me into into playing the music. But, but yeah, that's kind of it. I am I am from London basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So yeah, f- fully from London. I should have just said that. But I, I went off on one, you know what I mean? Um, right, no. I'm glad to hear it, man. So, like, how do you feel, like, growing up there, did it have much influence on your, uh, on your like, creative life, you feel like? Or is it sort yeah, of definitely, just... definitely. I think, like, you know, um, like, I have, I've kind of, you know, growing up with my mom and stuff like that, you know, is you get a different view in, in the world when you grow up with, like, a mother who's from let's say Colombia, you know what I mean? My mum, it's a third world country and it's a different culture. So I instantly had that lens, you know, having to understand another culture whilst being immersed in an English culture and kind of having to to know things, you know, you, you learn things differently. And, you know, as I grew up, had some, I'd say we might have had some kind of quite difficult times, you know, um, just because it, it it's difficult and things like with immigration and all of this stuff. Just just like a, a, a bit of a, like a, a bit of a struggle. But for the best part, I had a lovely thing. But I had, with all the experiences I had growing up, I think music and growing up in London and all of that, like, kind of all came together really. And I suppose as I get older, I love playing music more because I'm more reflective. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And when uh, I think I saw that you um, kind of started out on guitar, was it your your stepdad that kind of yeah. led you to it a little bit? Yeah, he, he was a really big influence. So he kind of showed me that, and he used to drive me around to all the jam, the jam sessions. Basically, there's all these jam sessions in kind of the southwest London area, and um, and at this point, like I lived then moved to South London well, kind of Surrey, a place called Sutton. And yeah, we just, he just used to drive me around. And then I, you know, I, I started playing when I was about nine years old. And then when I was 12, I used to just go around the pubs basically and just jam. I just used to go to these jam sessions and I used to do it like three times a week, basically for, until I was about 17. Um, yeah, and I just played, I just basically played guitar all the time and was gigging quite a bit. And uh, I just devoted my life to it, mate. I, I just kind of, that's all I've ended up doing, really. 
I'm Dylan. I've just been playing stuff since I was a kid. And uh, um, I got signed when I was like 17 and stuff, you know, to Universal. And I didn't know what was going on. I, I just like blues music, you know what I mean? I just like playing guitar and had kind of, and then fell into just kind of working as a sideman and then in, in amongst it doing my own thing, you know? So when you got signed at 17, was it, was, I know that that can mean a million things. Was it for like a specific deal? Like you're making a solo record or was it just, they wanted to sign you as an artist? Yeah, as an artist basically. So I, I got a bit of a following from when I was, um, you know, just on the scene, I used to play and then loads of people used to come watch me play. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, yeah. Like, I suppose a bit of a guitar, young prodigy kid um kind of thing and so i uh off at the back of that basically word of mouth like i got signed to universal but i didn't really know what was going on if i'm honest to them do you know what i mean like yeah it's like people want to sign you and i was like okay i didn't i was like 17 do you know what i mean i, I just i was a kid really and i just like playing guitar and then it, it all got a bit weird do you know what i mean i i, I was so green and just about playing guitar and hanging out with my mates, you know, I, I had friends and I, I liked going out and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I just didn't really know what that meant at the, at the time. So it, it kind of um, fizzled out because I didn't really know what was going on. And my, my stepdad was kind of managing me and it was just all a bit, I don't know. I, I just wasn't really prepared for any of that. And I just ended up, it kind of withered away. Do you know, the, <laughs> so that's yeah. basically what happened. I still carried on playing guitar, and then I just i I got a gig playing guitar for a, a, a hip hop artist from Toronto, a guy called Kana. I don't know if you're aware of him. He's like a Somalian uh, rapper who, who moved from from Somalia to. He had a, a hit, a song called "Waving Flag." It was very. It was like the World Cup anthem in 2010. Okay, and then. I, I just ended up, I played with him for like three years and I lived in New York for, for, for a couple of years, um, funnily enough, and then was based in America for a little bit and I was touring the States and we, you know, we toured with Jason Raz and we played some really cool shows like Red Rocks, you know, um, you know, he was the first hip hop artist to ever do um, Austin City Limits. And which was really cool when I was playing guitar with him. Um, so that was kind of my introduction into going to America, really, and, and touring and playing as, as a sideman with, with this guy. Um, it was pretty cool. And then you know, a few years later, I, I got there with James again and, you know, did it for years with James. So it was quite cool. So how old were you when you were on that tour with the hip-hop artist again? 21. And what was his name? I definitely want to look yeah. into that. Yeah, Kanan. Um, yeah, he he had songs out with Drake and Justin Bieber and Nas. He's got a song out and had a song out with Nas. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited cool. to check that out. I want to. I'm yeah, looking to forward to just hearing you in that context, man. I'm, I'm, you know. Yeah, I was like a little kid just playing rock guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a hard was, shift. Yeah, man. But man, it was so it was so cool because. The guys in the band were really, really cool. Um, and they were so nice to me because I was the only English guy there. The guys were from the States and, you know, 
they were so welcoming and uh, I had a, like, a really good time and it was such a nice experience hell yeah well was there much in between that and uh and you linking up with james or was that pretty much the next gig for you yeah well i came back from that and then i started my own band called cortez yeah i'm familiar um, yeah so i i i ended up doing that and that was a band that was like a was like a originally a four piece but then became a three piece and um you know we were we got played by a DJ in in London in England called Zane Lowe at the time. He was at BBC Radio One, and he kind of championed some of uh, the, the band's music. And um, so, you know, we, we we did a thing with that, you know, where we, we try to make that work. Um, and you know, we had we got a publishing deal, and you know, we we did some gigs, did some shows, um, and that was about four years of my life. And then, you know, it, it was quite difficult, if I'm being honest, because it was a lot of industry people. I, I just, again, I I found it quite hard to, you know, you, you, you just find yourself doing loads of different writing sessions and stuff. And then I realised, I'm like, that's kind of not for me, maybe. Um, and it, it's just kind of led by kind of emails and stuff like that basically and, right. and you know what I mean it's um business types and 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 it's it I it, in the end I, I I just maybe couldn't really I found it quite difficult but then also when when James came along he, he asked me to play guitar well I, I auditioned for it um it was it seemed like the right thing to do do you know what I mean the, the cycle had kind of passed so then I, I went, yeah, I just toured with James for four years. Um, and that's where you saw me, which is really cool, I thought. Yeah, man, it was it was a pretty nice introduction to you. I mean, even though, you know, obviously, the context of that is, like you said, sideman to, to James's songs, but both myself and my girlfriend who were at the at both shows you know we a huge takeaway from us was just your playing like we got kind of lost in, in watching you play man your oh, your wow, tone man. And, and your finesse it's just like kind of hard to not notice oh thanks Dylan it's really kind of you <laughs> yeah um, that's really cool because yeah man you know we were we were on we, we, we were doing a load of gigs you know and it was James James was really having his moment, you know, and, and playing. And James, at that, I think, had a really. I think when you must have seen us and stuff, he was he was on a roll, you know. You know when someone's on a roll and and was in, in his like, we 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 were going, you know, we were trained basically. We we were touring for like two 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 years basically. We did one run, which is two years long. You know what I mean? Playing every night, so. We were, we were pretty comfortable up there. It felt like that anyway, so, and it was nice. Oh, yeah. It, it was yeah, really it definitely nice translated like a band that was uh, hitting a stride from just being on yeah. the road so long that everybody just you know knew the songs like the back of their hand, essentially. Yeah, yeah, we we were a well-oiled machine, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you know, like. Have you been recording most of these uh, the solo material on your own, or are you in a in some studios? What's the story on that? Yeah, so basically, so this record basically, I, I just 
I just wanted to, to just to do something for once that I, I had no one like like over me. Do you know what I mean? Like no one right. like, looking in. It was just I was going to do it like not having to partner up with a producer because because someone you know what I mean. It, it, it's completely it's completely independent, and it was the first time that I could go right and I I can do this. This is something I've always dreamt of doing, which is being in control of um, the creativity and having the right people around and, you know, maybe I've done it a few times and through no fault of anyone really, just maybe I wasn't very comfortable in certain situations. I felt like I couldn't explore my creativity um, to a point, to to, uh, a depth that I'd like to, because naturally you have to share it. You know what I mean? When there's lots of people involved and um, that works. But I think ultimately I've always wanted to, to do something myself. And um, I found, I, I went to the studio in a, in a place called Eastbourne, which is on the south coast of England, um, through recommendation of a friend about three years ago, just to um, go. And Eastbourne is a very British, like a really kind of classic British coastal town. Lots of old people, you know, it's just really like, like English, basically. It's, I can't really describe it. It's just the epitome of England. In, in a way and it's uh and and basically this en- engineer who works at the studio I met him called Christoph Skull and he's amazing I just thought he, I thought he was amazing you know and I felt like I found my guy I was I've been looking for someone like him you know what I mean you're like oh wow and he I, I really like how he made things sound and I think that when I spoke to him about music and things it I felt like he he got the picture. So over the last couple of years, you know, we've been in touch and, and I've been down there for a few days, but we just decided to make a record basically. And me and him have done it together. And at different points, I've, I've brought in different musicians, but it's definitely me and him a lot of the time with the music. Um, but we've had one drummer on, uh, on the whole record and a couple of bass players. And I've also had my friend called Rory Andrew Wynn in LA, who's a friend of mine from England, who's just added like a few bits. So it's been it's been quite collaborative, basically. But me and Christoph have been have basically produced the record. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. So oh, it definitely bit. does, man. <laughs> so uh, so basically, yeah. I've, so the songs have been formed, and then they 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 gone into different things. They they become different things, and then. It's so nice to bring in another musician to do his thing on it. And I don't really like giving orders. I just want him to play on it because it's nice, you know. I don't really want to tell people how to how to play or anything. So if you if in a lot of the music you'll hear kind of quite a bass playing that's I think is amazing. And it's my friend called Oscar Golding. And I just think he's he really is masterful and amazing and and uh hopefully he um, it was like he had the space to just do whatever he wanted to do because I think it's nice to have people come in and just do their thing, you know. Yeah, and I'm glad you recruited him, man. That that uh, the bass playing in particular on uh, the traffic tune, it, man, it's just yeah. like takes it to another place. It's like very vibey. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like it's quite cool. Um, yeah. So I suppose, yeah, so the music itself is, I suppose, is is a blues based, you know, of, of 
because I, I grew up playing blues guitar, you know, and um, I I enjoy, I like love all the players, you know, um, Clapton, Hendrix, Dwayne Norman, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Buddy Guy. I I got to play with Buddy Guy um, a couple of years back actually in Chicago. I got up and played with him, which was amazing because he's like a hero of mine. Um, and yeah, just. Just uh, I suppose the the record is kind of like bluesy bluesy bass guitar, but with kind of songwriting, um, you know, it's uh, and some musicianship, it's like quite old school, really, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, do you have much of? Has it already gotten to the point where you know if it's going to be an EP or a full length, or where are you at with that? It's going to be a full length. It's gonna be it's gonna be eight songs. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put songs out at a time, basically. Just okay. Put out singles, and then when the last thing comes out, out, then I'll probably just make it like a more of a record. You know what I mean? And then maybe put it to vinyl and, and do some things. Just got to see how people if people like it and if I can get it in in front of some people. You know. Oh yeah, man! Well, I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be a good chapter, man. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think it lets you shine a little bit, which is, you know, maybe the best part about it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. How are you? Where? So, where are you, Dylan? I am in Columbia, South Carolina, man. So way far away from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow! What's it like? It's been all right here, man. I mean, I think compared to other cities in South Carolina, I think people have it together a bit more um, as far as like, you know, playing by the rules right now and trying to not spread this any more than it already is as far as the virus is concerned. But it's still crazy, man. There's still plenty of places where you'll see you know huge crowds and no masks and people just being dumb about it. But hopefully, hopefully people will get their shit together and we can get through this. I'm, I'm sure you're over it just like the rest of us, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, um, we're all pretty much locked in here. So I just go to the, to the shop to get food. Um, that's, that's as, as exciting as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think people <laughs> keep, keep referring to it as like the pandemic loop. You know, you just kind of do the same thing all the time, but I think it helps like, you know, people like yourself and, and, having a having the creative project to record and you know we have this podcast and both myself and yeah. Eddie uh make music ourselves so we we've, we've been able to keep our hands busy i think that keeps us from going too stir crazy i'm really thinking about people who don't have those kind of outlets like what are they doing to keep themselves sane right now you know oh, I, know. I know man it's pretty it's pretty uh, mental um, yeah but yeah i have to i'd love to hear some of your music yeah i'll have to get some of it in your hands man i'd love for you to be able to check that out yeah um well dude i've got so many things that i'm curious about about your kind of musical journey but one thing that uh i was really enjoying checking out earlier today i was watching a video of you and blues legend buddy guy how the hell did that connection happen yeah well I, i i basically met people who worked with him well no I went to legends um in 2015 I think and that's his club right yeah yeah his club so that's his club so I went there with James we all went there 
Um, and I remember getting up. They're like, they were like, oh, there's these guys, you know, because they, because I love, they know that I'd like the blue, like playing blues music. So they were like, Andy, you should get up. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not getting up. Anyway, they got me up, but this wasn't with Buddy. But I got, I sat in and played with the, with the house band up there. And then, you know, I, I met a few people from there, a girl called uh, Annie Lawler, who works with Buddy Guy, and a, another girl called Nat- Natalie Burge. And basically, we became friends because we went to Chicago a, a couple of times. And then I went over there, basically, when Buddy was doing a run of shows. And Annie, um, who works with him, hooked it up. Um, and it was like his, eight, his like 80th birthday, kind of. He does a, m- a month in January at his club like residency and yeah so um i met him before he did the gig one of the gigs they're like like do you want to play and i was like he's like yeah do you want to get up and play and i was like yeah i'll play basically but i was really nervous i was really nervous and my amp started playing up so i was a bit devastated (laughs) (laughs) i feel like I was shitting myself. I was probably shitting myself. <laughs> and it's one of those things, I'm sure in the moment you were thinking, like, this is a bigger deal than it is. But, you know, I, I watched the video and saw the tech come up and fix your amp. It's like a briefest, most minuscule event. So don't let it, don't let it taint your uh, memory oh, no, too much. No, I know. But to be honest, I'm making excuses. I was well nervous. I don't know why. I, I was so... Because, you know, with James, like, and, and with other Pete, you know, we've... You know, I've done loads of gigs, like big gigs and stuff. But for some reason, with that buddy thing, I was well. It's probably because it, it meant something. You know what I mean for me personally. So, well, that's your uh, bag, right? You've got your yeah, man. I love your guitar bread player. and butter is guitar-based blues. You know, so I mean, it's yeah. it's more of like a. If I would imagine, it would probably be more of just making an impression on him in particular. It probably mattered a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then also thinking this guy played on Muddy Waters, which is mental. Right. It's just <laughs> absolutely insane. Oh, right. he, he, and, mate, like, you've got to listen to this thing. Um, I'll send it to you. It's cool. There's a, a video on YouTube of Buddy Guy doing the, um, the first time I, I met the blues. Honestly, it is like he sounds like a leopard in it. He sounds wow. like he, it is, his voice is so, and the fire in his I think people sleep on him sometimes, you know, because he 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 was bringing the fire like no one ever bought. I think sometimes, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, and even like in yeah. that video, like you said, it's it's around his 80th birthday, and he's still got it. I mean, he doesn't sound even a little bit tired up there, you know? No, he he loves it. He's he's been doing that his whole life, which is pretty mental. Well, you, uh, you may have been nervous at the gig, but you held your own, man. Like you were, you were, uh, you know, you were keeping up with them. That's a, that's yeah, the very yeah. least you could try for, right? Yeah, you got to pay. You got to pay your respects. Do you know what I mean? You definitely win. Um, yeah. Well, as as far as uh, you know, just leaning into guitar nerddom a little bit. One thing that uh, that I couldn't help but notice, and I don't know if it's always the case when you're playing but at least a lot of the times in the in the performances i've seen you uh do it seems like you rarely use a pick is that the case a pick yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I, I use a pick. Yeah, oh, I really? I, and, I, and, and, and I do. Yeah, I guess most of the videos I've seen, you've been using uh, just using your fingers on your right hand, doing oh. a lot of like that upstroke kind of stuff. Yeah, do you know what? I, I'm, I, um, yeah, I do a bit of both. Really, I do a bit of both. It depends on the guitar, but then it depends on what mood you're in. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, right, it right. Feels like, uh, yeah, but I think. On some of if I put up videos at home and stuff, there's a lot of fingers and stuff because I'm more relaxed. But you know, when you're playing over a band and it's a big kind of gig or anything, well, that kind of thing, it, the pick can't kind of always tends to come out. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like playing on my fingers, but it's like a, I, I'm trying to basically copy Derek Trucks badly. Ah, okay, <laughs> I, love, I love his playing, but you know, he, he he's kind of transcended a, a way of playing really you know he's he's like one of the, the, the greats I think right well speaking of the greats and uh and by no means do I, I try to um you know I'm not trying to just be like oh yeah tell me about the the crazy people you've met along the way but it does blow my mind thinking about uh you guys sharing a stage with the stones and just how I mean that would just be absolutely yeah. mind-blowing on us on so many levels you know <laughs> yeah i i remember my um my mate called me up and he didn't know what i was doing my my oldest friend and he uh he asked me what are you doing i said oh mate i'm supporting the, the rolling stones today <laughs> and I, I was i laughed because and it, and it was in london and it was right near where my dad lives my stepdad who taught me how to uh, play so it was really, really special. We kind of triangulated a lot of things, and it was pretty crazy. Um, but, but yeah, we it was it was amazing. It was very surreal actually um, doing that. And but the best bit was genuinely getting down. And once we played, just watching them, it was so it was so much fun. Like they were given every bit of the stones that they had left in them. They they like you could feel it still. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and at that point, your job was done, right? So you could just enjoy the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was your stepdad able to make it to the gig? Yeah, he came. Him, him, and my mum came. So that was nice. Man, that is awesome. I'm sure that yeah. that that had to be special for them too. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. Who wouldn't want to see their kid open for the Stones? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, it was nice because at the end of it, I went to my 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 dad's house and it was just him uh and my mum and me and my nephew and uh yeah and uh we just had a cup of tea it was really nice nice so does your yeah. dad does he still pick up the guitar every once in a while uh i don't think so no no not too much although he does have he does have a few I, when i last was there he had he just bought he bought an amp and didn't tell me i was like why are you not telling what are you doing yeah no, he just, yeah, because, yeah, I got it. I think he drove to Birmingham to get it, uh, this amp. And I've got, like, loads of amps, and I don't know why he didn't tell me. But, oh, uh, yeah, you could have just gotten a loner. You'd have yeah. given him one. <laughs> but no, he, was... Yeah, he, he plays a little bit, I'm sure. Like, in his, he, if he did, he wouldn't tell me. But he's got the guitars <laughs> there. They're, they're out. You know, And he bought an amp, so I hope he is. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's just secretly trying to work his chops back up and then, then he'll give you a call whenever he feels like it's the time. Yeah, uh, he's got a... 
Well, assuming that, you know, assuming that we live in a world where it's possible again, do you think you'll try to get to the States and uh, play some of your solo material when the time comes? Yeah, 100%. I'd love that. I think that'd be amazing because um, I love America, you know, for all of what, whatever you may think's going on or whatever. It's still so much fun, you know. It's so much fun to, to play. And, and the audiences are always, they're always better. You know, right. In, in, England's a bit, a bit, it can be a bit ropey. <laughs> right. like, I, I don't know. It's not like, it's not as, it doesn't seem to be as vibrant sometimes in England. Um, but yeah, it, but I, I'd love to at some point, you know, if I could find a reason. And, you know, this music I'm going to put out super independently and it might find, it might find uh, some people. And I don't know, I'm just going to just let, let them fly, you know? Um, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, I think that they have, uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it than it just being catchy. Um, you know, I think that there's certain elements of like soulfulness to your songs and, and obviously a, a ton of just uh, great players involved. But I think, and I mean, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. I really do think that these songs have the potential to to appeal to a lot of people. I, I don't think I'm alone in thinking that they uh, there's a, uh, some definitely some artistic merit to what you got going on over there. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you know, if I, uh, it's a funny old business. I suppose we can be super candid, can't we? Cause yeah. We, oh, yeah. Fuck it. I'm, cause I forget I'm not owned by anyone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Oh, Speak your mind. Tell the truth. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it out. What am I doing? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because I'm 33 years old. You know, I, I'm in a I'm in a business where it's quite. It's it's so far removed from what I thought it was. You know what I mean, or what I thought it would be. Um, playing playing music in in super high stakes pop kind of situations. You know, the business is so. It, it's so dominated by business that in, sometimes I will go, how can I get my music out there without encountering those sorts of people? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a struggle because it, in some way you're like, wow, how, how do I do this? Like, is it any good? It, like, does it really matter? Really the whole scheme of things, does it matter if I write songs about people that I used to go out with? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it is that important right. to anyone? And it's invariably, inevitably, I find that it's it's so hard to trust anyone, you know, because you, you love the, the, these songs are like, you know, time capsules really, and it's they're so important to you, and that's why I, I, I'm quite fearful. I've I've always I found it quite hard dealing with those sorts of people and sometimes I'm, but that's the price you know, that's the sacrifice you have to make and I suppose it's selling out do, do you know what I mean um but it's a hard it's a hard business I think this music business and I'm I've made my peace with it like if this music is doesn't doesn't reach a load of people it's it's fine because you know it, it's from the heart and that's all I've got really uh, 
Um, well, if you if you want to so, really yeah. just uh, to kind of explore that, uh, you know how how to be how to pursue it and push your music as much as possible without playing the game or you know having to you know be around ultra business focused people all the time. One thing that that and the like, you know, the lifestyle musicians, like just a load, do you know what I mean? Like a load of me. Yeah. It's just quite, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I was, I was watching a a documentary on, I don't know if you guys are super tuned into this over there, but uh, the band Fugazi, I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, trying to navigate the industry, but, you know, seeing if you can avoid the aspects that don't really do it for you. The thing that blew my mind about a band like Fugazi is they didn't just, they just didn't play the game at all, but yet still sold millions of copies of records completely DIY. Uh, and they apparently turned down like a several million dollar offer from some huge, you know, major. And we're still doing like $5 tickets. It's just, it's, I was thinking about it. I think if any band like figured out how to break the system or just do it without the system at all, it has to be Fugazi. You yeah, know? yeah. They probably like kind of um, own like every aspect of it, and and then they can just do whatever they want, which is, which is the kind of you know that that'd be ideal, really, because I think you know in pop music there's like there's a kind of understanding, you know, it's, you're making not just yourself money, you're making a lot of money and a lot of other people are making a lot of money. And there are certain things that go with that. It's very corporate. You know what I mean? It's so, um, it's, 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 yeah, it's like a business deal, isn't it really? Um, people are just trying to get hits and suddenly before you know it, you've got 15 writers on a song (laughs) do you know what I mean um and it's yeah there's lots lots going on there whereas if you want to just make music and handmade pieces and music and stuff I think I think now more than ever actually is a fantastic time because really distribution is always the problem I think um and you know just opening up a few lines and then boom then you can you, you can find a few, a few cracks and then maybe you can get through and then suddenly you've taken the ball down. Do you know what I mean? Um, just got to keep pushing, really. Yeah, you've got to just just got to crack on, really, haven't you? And just just do it how you want to do it. Because it's, if you want to do it, just, just it's about just doing it, doing the music bit. And uh, it, as long as sometimes it can, you can get quite distracted with all the other bit. But, you know, if you just want to play music, it's, you know, you just got to make it work. But yeah, I like, oh, I think, cool. I think that's what makes it exciting that you're, that you're taking a stab at it, you know, and like you said, at least initially very independently. And, you know, I, I guess you're open to, you know, if anybody wants to latch onto it or, or help you guys out, but you know, right now you're kind of just pushing the project on your own, which I think is pretty cool. And just if somebody latches on and wants to help put it out or whatever, that's great. But I think that there's a lot that can be done with it, you know, just on your own as well. Yeah. It's just got just trust, you know, trust the process. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, is there, is there anything like musically or just creatively in general? Obviously this is, this is a bit new for you. I know you've, you know, Cortez, was going on and so you're not completely uh 
you know, not used to working on music of your own, but is there anything creatively music wise or otherwise that you would like to get around to doing? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I, I, you know, with this journey, I want to put out these songs and then I, I want to do loads of different things, you know, like an acoustic EP, um, um, like a trio kind of bluesy thing. You know what I mean? Just like, just do a load of stuff. Cause I, I, I like, like all of it really. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so I'm going to definitely just go with the flow and just do what, you know, do whatever kind of takes my fancy um, after this. But there, but I definitely would love to one day do some kind of uh, kind of, I don't know, like Cuban bluesy thing. Just to oh, man. find some cool, some, yeah. I, I don't know. I've always, I've always wanted to do something like that. Um, well, I would, I would love to hear you tackle that, man. I, I, uh, this morning I was revisiting Buena Vista Social Club which is like, I think you and yeah. I mentioned early on in us chatting, you know, that we both yeah, have yeah. those roots. Um, obviously yeah. you're from your family's Colombian and my family's Cuban, but you know, yeah. I think we can appreciate the similar musical ground that comes with both of those, but that record in particular, my grandmother used to love that record. And it's just kind of, I hear that like Chon Chon and that kind of stuff. And it's just, yeah, it man. just takes me back, man. I'd love to hear Candela. you. Candela is amazing, bro. Candela is amazing. Oh it's, yeah, yeah, man. Like the Timber Ali's and the Congo. I, I love that stuff. It's, it's. Uh, yeah, I was listening to some Celia, Celia Cruz the other day. Do you know Celia, Celia Cruz? Like, no, that's new to me. Yeah, she's like a, an amazing singer, and she sang a lot of the salsa songs. She, I think she's Cuban. Um, and yeah, she. My mum used to like her. Used to play her, and I, I listened. I, been listening to some of that and it's amazing like the melodies as well she's an amazing singer as well it's it's really cool you know the horn sections and all of that but yeah but definitely like a like a i don't know like a bluesy kind of thing with some percussion and something like that you know what i mean oh yeah something like that yeah what and do you what do you what like? was that what do you oh man i feel like i definitely would like to say i have a decently eclectic uh range of music that I listen to. I mean, I, I'm always, I end up, I would say I listen to stuff from before my time a lot more than, uh, things of my era. Cause I'm, you know, I'm just a little bit younger than you. I'm 29. So, but I listen to, you know, I'm a sucker for all things from like the kind of like proto punk era, you know, stooges and that kind of stuff. And then I grew up on the replacements and bands like that, but my dad's a huge stones guy he has the 40 licks logo tattooed on his arm. So I grew up like basically <laughs> I was indoctrinated with that, man. I've, that's like, I think of, you know, a million trips out on the boat with my dad where he's just got a little boom box blasting, you know, honky tonk woman or something. So really that's probably what I, that stuff takes me back more than anything, you know? Yeah. But, you know, having a Cuban grandmother, you know, there was a lot of that stuff around, too. And that's why Buena Vista Social Club came up when I thought of you, because, you know, obviously you have a strong appreciation for Latin music. But, you know, Ry Cooter, that's just a blues guy, you know, so it's yeah, cool to hear, hear saying, the man. blending of worlds. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, and, and I, I've, I've almost I, I don't know the first thing about Latin music, really. I just I like listening to it, but I don't know how to play it. You know, I'd never know how to 
to do it. I think it's so beautiful, though, you know. And uh, But, yeah, Raikuda just put the people together. It's a beautiful record, that, isn't it? It's a masterpiece. Oh, it is, man. <laughs> How do you uh, feel about flamenco guitar? Have you ever tried to pick any of that apart? Oh, no, man. No, no. <laughs> Got to leave that. Got to leave that to the to the to the Spanish, the Arabs, <laughs> the Spanish, to the experts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's, it sounds amazing, though, doesn't it? Like uh, the, the flamenco music is. Really yeah, there's cool. something about that that's just kind of, I don't know. It's just uniquely inspiring for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a you know there's a few things non musical that that I was. Uh, thinking about about you um you know i i was you know going down the youtube rabbit hole of of just all things andy um and i rewatched uh your snl performance and uh <laughs> and one thing that stood out to me which i again not wearing musical, dungarees was it because i was wearing dungarees i was gonna say man your outfit is <laughs> fucking fire man <laughs> and uh i you know i <laughs> I gotta say, obviously James was going bold with his outfit, but I think you uh think you showed him up, man. <laughs> oh no, man. <laughs> but in the, you were just understated. The all black, like overalls yeah, is a good look, man. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. I, yeah, we got pretty kitted out for that. It was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, dude. So the I last showing up, I remember showing up to rehearsal and then suddenly there was like 30 more people. It felt like there was hundreds of more people. It was like, this is a big, you know, the new album was coming out and <laughs> so funny. And then suddenly there's like a stylist and, this, and then this dude looking at me like, and then the assistant, this, who's this dude looking at me going like, like what are we going to do with this guy? And then I don't know, they get, like, I wore, the, yeah, mate, I, I look like such a dickhead. I don't know, man. You own it. Doesn't look like too much at all. I, t- I think that's the thing that was cool about it. Is it was like, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was bold without being uh, obnoxious. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, but we were doing it. That's what we were doing. We were we were going for it. You know. Um, I think James had a yeah. James had a proper like he. I mean, James went for it that night, didn't he? Oh yeah, he had like a full-on Mark Volan glam rock vibe going. Yeah, he did. He did. He looked. He looked like freaking. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. <laughs> That's funny, man. The, the last person I talked to for the podcast because we we kind of do this thing where we have you know I talk to some people, Eddie talks to some people, and then we bring in yeah. guest hosts to talk. So we really try to make it you know where it's not just our voices it's a, it's a pretty good mix but the last person i talked to was also from the uk i, I mentioned it to you glenn matlock and yeah. he has a pretty unique history with fashion you know because he and you know the rest of the pistols got their start in malcolm mclaren's uh fashion shop and it's just crazy to hear about how like you know whatever little subsect of the music world or whatever creative endeavor you're yeah, you're kind of getting invested in. There's always some aspect of fashion that has like informed it in one way or another. You know, whether or not you realize it or not, you're like, I feel like people are, you know, whether you know, maybe you you first got drawn to Jimi Hendrix because of his guitar playing, but you sure as hell didn't not notice his outfit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he knew he knew what the deal was. He he was doing his thing. <laughs> oh yeah, 
<laughs> he was owning the game. That's what he was doing. <laughs> yep. With yeah, the bandanas or whatever. Head oh, mate, he looks so sick. He looks, he just looks like, did you ever watch Biker Mice from Mars? Did you ever watch that? I don't think I have, but it sounds uh, amazing. Type, type it, type it in. He looks like a character at a bike. You know, I know that motorbike one. But yeah, where he looks just like the baddest man ever made. Hendrix. That's amazing. Yeah, he really they all <laughs> so, look really cool. They all look really cool in those days. Before you, uh, before you started, you know, playing uh, and touring in the states when you were twenty-one. I know you were saying you were gigging a bunch, uh, mostly like kind of those those jam gigs, um, blues jam gigs. But were you in any like solidified like bands with the you know? you know with the name and everything or was it mostly just picking up those blues gigs no i was just doing the blues gigs under my own name really okay um yeah and i had some really like i basically there was on the scene i grew up around a load of musicians in london who 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 were like um session guys in the 70s and 80s and so like i would play with a guy called um richard bailey who played with jeff beck on blow by blow um uh, this guy called uh, Winston Delandro, who um, played with them. Um, oh, what's that? Um, I can see clearly now. The I can see. Oh, he, ju- he just passed away. Yeah, yeah. His name. They, they played with him. They played with like Marvin Gaye. They played with you know the, these great musicians that I that I um, grew up around. And you know, um, basically, I, I I I just did like loads of my own gigs with. And I just just get like different musicians, really. I was really lucky, um, and just did that, man. Really, just just honestly, just in, in pubs around Southwest London, and you know some other places in England and things like that. But um, I did that like from I'd say from about fifteen to like before I did I went away to America and and, and did stuff with this canine guy. Right. Yeah. And I- after you know, after that universal signing kind of fizzled mm, yeah. out, did you did you that jump straight into to touring, that, or that build up to was there was there much of a time um, in between? Yeah, like, it was about, you... I'd say about a couple of years. Yeah, from about twenty to twenty-one, or nineteen to twenty, and I, I, I was just young, so I, I was just going out with my mates. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah, get a, to school gigs, or anything? Doing gigs? No, I left school at sixteen. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of knew what I was going to do. Like I just because I was gigging at fifteen, sixteen. So I was like, mate, you know, making a bit of money, just, just gigging. I do I have a bit of cash at the end of each gig, you know. And I go out with my friends, and I don't know. I was fine, and I and I lived at home at the time, and uh, yeah, basically, just um, yeah. Well, I think is it safe to say that this is the longest kind of reprieve from tour life you've had, maybe yeah, since you were that age, since you were a high schooler, or since that two year yeah, break, definitely. I suppose. Like hundred percent. Um, no, no, because in the two year break, I was gigging, but I just oh, wasn't. Yeah, that's right. I was, you know, sometimes when you do it, you just don't even you just mindlessly play. Sometimes I, I wasn't really. I just did it. Do you know what I mean? It's just so etched in my life, in my lifestyle, that what I did where all my friends were musicians, we'd go to jam sessions or we'd go watch each other's gigs. You know, we we kind of had a little scene, really. And then you kind of form these friendships and it's always centred around music. 
Um, and it always has been. You know, a lot of my friends are I've known for a very long time. And, you know, the keyboard player with James Bay, Jack, I've known him since I was like 16, 17. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, 17, actually. 17, 18. You know, and then we were friends and we dreamed of tour in America and we ended up doing it for years together. You know, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so this is the longest kind of break, definitely. Well, then, um, you know, it's cool to hear about uh, that history going so far back with Jack, and I think mm. he's a he's a really uh, he's a really captivating player as well, and just really oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's like he's one of the best. Yeah, and I mean, he, I used to love watching him watching him play like. When I was up there, because we, like I said, we, we played everywhere together. We played in pubs in front of like one person and stuff. And so from that, and then suddenly I'm watching him do a play an organ solo at Radio City. Right. It's pretty fucking cool, you know? And oh, we, yeah. We're there together. <laughs> That's a, amazing, man. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, I'm not as as tuned in to the UK scene as I, I wish I was, but are there any, um, you know, friends or or maybe not even friends, just uh, UK artists that you're that you're particularly into that maybe we should spend some time getting to know? Yeah, um, there is a band called Rufus Black you should check out. Um, so I do like a few different things like there's so. Um, for, for, for different things like there's a band called Rufus Black and they're like great players um, a great guitar player called Scott McEwen who plays he's like, worked with Doyle Bramall he played with Eric Clapton and stuff like that He's his band are awesome you should check them out if you want to hear like purist guitar kind of playing and, and the singer's amazing and the drummer's amazing and they've got another guy in there called Ben Jones who does a lot of stuff and they're, they're all really good you should check them out um, you know, this Tom Meesh is 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 really kicking off. I, I suppose you know in in the UK. Are you, are you hip to him, Tom Meesh? I'm not, man. That's new to me too. Yeah, check him out, man. And he's he's really like flying the flag for kind of, I, I you know he's he's a, he's a guitarist, man. He's he's a proper player, and you know, uh, kind of jazz infused. Um, Beat making, production, hip hop, and and blues. Um, you should check him out. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah, those two. Those two are, are, are really good. Um, but yeah, definitely check out this Rufus Black. They're really cool. Like they they just released a new song the other week, and I think it's really good. Um, which I, I don't know the name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard to remember names, man. No, no, I know, but I, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it because it is really, really good. Well, hell yeah, I, I'll definitely look into it and uh, try to familiarize myself with that. Yeah, um, called hold on, you should check that out. Okay, gotcha. Well, dude, I'm, I'm so excited about the music yeah, you're working yeah. on, and, and I'm really, really excited to. Uh, that you're interested in putting something on the compilation. I think that you will. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Thank, thank you so much for wanting to have some of the music on there because it's, um, you know, I, I hope that, because yeah, this is the first time I've done this, anything like this, like a podcast. Or in, At first I thought this was like an interview, but I'm like, it's a podcast. You're an idiot, Andy. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. I, I just, it, it's been um, 
nice learning curve. So thank you for, for speaking to me. Yeah, man. I, I think this is the it's the preferred uh I definitely prefer this to just an interview because uh you know, it's yeah. just so much more conversational and casual. So you kind of get I feel like it's just it just feels natural and not forced like some interviews can be. I'm not here to ask you this. I'm hoping to at least not be yeah. here to ask you the same questions you've heard a million times, you know? Oh man. And no, yeah, but um but thank you so much for reaching out, and I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Nice, nice timing as well, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you soon, man. Um, I'll stay in touch about the compilation, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be on your side of the pond or vice versa, and we can yeah. cross paths in person. If ever you come over, over to England, to London, let me know. I absolutely will, Andy. It's been great talking to you, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to know you a little better. This has been fun. Yeah. Likewise, man. Take care. All righty. Have a good one, Andy. Bye. 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 Bye.